revenues were going down, expenses were going up. It was only a matter of time before it wasn't making money. And in the boardroom, you know, there was a lot of conversation about, oh, you're just the emotional founder, you've got to understand, the market's changing, the industry's changing. I go, I'm just a simple girl looking at the simple metrics about customer, people and growth. And I don't see those coming through. A friend of mine who I'd known for years just looked at the sheer metrics and said, this is a really great business. It has so much upside. It needs new ownership. So we set about acquiring the shares of Red Balloon. We created the Big Red Group and it then went and bought Red Balloon. So I bought my own company. From the outside. And my ex-husband and chairman and all the people at the time didn't know it was me and David doing it together. They thought it was just David doing it with a bunch of investors, not realising I was the investor. That is entrepreneur, CEO, author and speaker, Naomi Simpson. And this is part one of episode 271 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is part one of my chat with Naomi Simpson. You can hear her, find her, see her on Twitter. She's also on Instagram, Naomi Simpson, no P, N-A-O-M-I-S-I-M-S-O-N, N-A-O-M-I-S-I-M-S-O-N. More about Naomi in just a moment. If you're new to this show, welcome. Glad to have you here. What is this podcast? Well, this podcast is a weekly conversation that you get to be a part of that will hopefully help you make today better than yesterday. That's really all it is. It's, you know, that's it. It might be with someone you know, someone you don't know. I'm pretty sure you know who Naomi is. But no matter who this conversation is with, I guarantee you'll hear something today that'll help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Something that'll help you go, you know what? Yeah, that'll That'll make things a little bit better. That's it. That's all we're here to do. That's all we're here to do. This today, this show is no exception. Today's show, no exception what at all. I do have to say a massive thank you to everyone that came along to the School of Life event in St Kilda the other night. It was just so great. We were, uh, we did two gigs last week, one in Sydney and one in St Kilda in Melbourne. Uh, the St Kilda Town Hall, there was over 400 people there. It was a really special night. It was great to have a conversation about vulnerability, about mental health, Basically, owning the parts of your story that aren't serving you, taking a responsibility for them, and then working hard working hard to write a new story for yourself. It was wonderful, wonderful to be with so many people all trying to travel in the same direction. And a few minutes before the gig kicked off, we're sitting there, we're just ready to go. And about half the Richmond Tigers AFL team walk in. <laughs> These giant dudes, all these forearm tattoos, and they all sat down. It was pretty epic to be up there talking to a room full of people about a topic like vulnerability as becoming more and more prominent. Then uh, Sean Pryor was the moderator for the night. We had a great conversation afterwards, spoke about what vulnerability means, how we might be able to encourage more of it in our society, how to unleash it, uh, I guess. And for me, and I spoke about this on the night, for me, I, I found that the true 
to truly unleash the power of vulnerability, when it came to me, I had to not only be vulnerable to admit that something was amiss, but have the the resolute internal commitment to action afterwards. And I kind of discovered for me that vulnerability was a part one of a two-step move. Vulnerability is the tennis player throwing the ball in the air and the commitment to action is the player unleashing the power of her serve. You know, you can do one without the other, but if you throw something precious and delicate in the air without doing anything about it, it's just going to bounce around on the ground and make everybody uncomfortable. Similarly, you can wind up for the biggest serve. You're like, I've got to do something, and you, you can, you know, wind up this massive serve. But if you've got nothing to connect to, you're just going to swap the air, make a big grunt like you're Rafa Nadal, and then, you know, possibly hurt your shoulder because you've done this massive move without really having anything to do it for. For me, the true power of vulnerability only really worked when I had the fearless commitment to not only dig deep in the dirt to pull out into the light the most painful parts of, of me, things that were getting in the way of me, things are getting in the way of me achieving things that I wanted to achieve, but then to have the discipline to take the rigorous and committed action on dealing with those things. That meant, for me, that meant not lumping those things, those issues into the lap of someone who's trying to love me, waiting for them to fix it, not making it someone else's responsibility to deal with that stuff or to adjust their behavior around, not holding them up as a reason for my resentment, certainly not as a justification for the way I was treating somebody else. None of those things work. I should know. I did most of them. In fact, all of them. And you can probably guess how every relationship, both personal and professional, ended up. Uh, it takes vulnerability to admit that something's amiss, but then it's a case of taking responsibility for that thing making an unflinching commitment to fixing that thing, making a change around it, working through it, or finding someone who has more ideas and better ideas about how to do something about it and then actioning those ideas. In my experience, that is what leaves you stronger on the other side. And importantly, it also makes it safe for others to hear you and see you and to feel more connected to you because if you do it right, they now feel safe enough to engage with you. If you do it right, you're not asking others to fix you or do the work for you. You're communicating for, from a space of vulnerability but also strength, one that takes responsibility for the situation that you're in and communication of the path to action that you're taking. And when the other party feels like it's not on them to fix it, in my experience, they then feel safe enough to offer some ideas that might help you, perhaps even safe enough to share their own story. And then, well... You've just connected with someone in a new and deeper way and now both of you feel less alone. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? But you got to do the work. Things don't get better by themselves. I mean, you can join a gym. You can hire a personal trainer. But I have news for you. The six-pack won't show up until you actually start doing some work, being mindful about what you eat and how much sleep you're getting and the other things that you do through your day. It's the same with your brain. You can go to the doctor, you can take the meds, but unless you do the work, you're just going to sit around possibly swimming in side effects. There's plenty you can do to improve how your day goes, ways to bring that locus of control closer and closer to you, trying to get it eventually to an internal locus of control. And for me, that's where, you know, trying to keep that, that's where the power really is. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Got to do the work. I did the work the other morning in Melbourne. Um... I worked out with a lovely bloke, Mike Case is his name. He's on Instagram, vegans, like vegan, but with the gains, as in mad gains, but with a Z because we're making mad gains, vegans. Anyway, uh, it was really good because I'm working out with my current coach, Clint. He's a very smart man. Clint has programmed me a lot of heavy volume. And in weightlifting or working out world, that means heavy weights and lots of them. Okay. So we launch into... Basically, you know what a squat looks like. Well, I was holding two kettlebells uh, in a front rack position. That's holding the kettlebells up under my chin. And 10 by 10, that's a lot, heavy too. And up until Friday, I've been bailing, because I've been doing it by myself. I've been bailing at around five or six by about set six and then having to finish the sets in halves after that. But I had Mike there. I was accountable and we would standing side by side doing these moves together. So I couldn't bail out at number six. I had to go all the way to 10. Guess what happened? I went all the way to 10. (laughs) Finished the full amount of sets, the full amount of rep range. I might have had to take a knee a few times and just go, I will talk to you in a moment. I'll answer that question. Give me a second, Mike. But I did it. Really helps to have someone to be accountable to. Maybe there's something you can try this week. Who's keeping you accountable in your life? Is there someone that can help you stay on point? It's helpful. It's useful. I must thank you very much for sending me in a podsy this week. What's a podsy? A podsy is like a selfie, but it's a picture of what you're looking at as you listen to a podcast. It's a podsy. A few great ones came in. Uh, A bloke sent me a photo of him listening to the podcast while he walked the snowy streets of uh, Hokkaido in Japan. He's up there skiing with mates, missed the shuttle bus and walked to dinner, which is really lovely because uh, the snow blowers come through and they basically carve a canyon out of the snow. It's very exciting. Andrew in Brisbane sent me a picture of him Marie condoing the shit out of his T-shirt drawer. Quite a selection, Andrew. I'm very impressed and feeling better for it, he says. And uh, Sarah, brilliant email in from Sarah, who took a photo from the top of the hill that she lives on. Sarah set herself a goal of exercising 20 minutes a day She's Her goal is to slow her anxiety in 2019. And so to exercise 20 minutes a day, what she does, she walks five minutes down the hill from her house and her hill is quite significant. It takes 15 minutes to walk back up. 
and she listens to a podcast as she walks. So it gives her 20 minutes. After a few days of it, though, she said, that's actually starting to get easier and she's considering doing 40 minutes next week. And uh, that just makes my day, Sarah. It absolutely makes, makes my day. It doesn't take long to get the momentum into your day. It doesn't take long to realise that, well, yes, you feel like not doing it, you always feel better after. So just do it. Just get out there and do it. That would make a really good logo for an athletic company. Got to write that down. That's a good idea. Anyway, if you keep doing it every day, soon enough it takes less time. Soon enough it starts feeling good. Soon enough you start chasing that good feeling. Soon enough it becomes easier. The body's an incredible thing. Sarah, I look forward to the photo when you've done your second lap. I hope you send it to me in the next week or two. So let me tell you about my guest today, Naomi Simpson is an entrepreneur, speaker, author, founding director of Red Balloon and co-founder of the Big Red Group. She's written three books, Live What You Love, Ready to Soar, and I Want What She's Having. Uh, She's also featured for a number of years on Shark Tank as one of the investors or one of the sharks. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter and also online, Naomi Simpson, no P, not like the yellow people on the cartoon, N-A-O-M-I-S-I-M-S-O-N is where she is, NaomiSimpson.com. That's also where you can find her. This is the second time Naomi's been on the show. So much has happened since we last caught up. We do give our conversation some context, but if you'd like to get into her backstory, how she got to where she is when we start our conversation today, we cover that extensively in episode 95, if you want to scroll back and and find that. It doesn't matter uh, today, listening, it doesn't matter. If you you never think you're going to start a business, that's fine. This conversation is really important to hear because Naomi's outlook on life, her outlook on leadership, and her outlook on what's really important in the world, really worth this listen. If you resonate with the conversation, please reach out to Naomi. Let her know on Instagram or Twitter. Part two of this chat will come to you on Wednesday. And for now, let's catch up with the wonderful Naomi Simpson. Well, thanks for coming over, Naomi. Thanks for having me, Asha. Good to be here. It's so great to have you back. And um, and thank you for bringing a guest. Yes. Well, you know, I know we're so family friendly. It's so great. <laughs> we have Jack uh, at the moment raiding Frankie's food bowl. <laughs> and so at the, there may be some conversations between Jack and Frank. This is going to be fun. Yeah. There was a bit of an argy-bargy then because Jack found Frankie's chew, a little chewy raw hidey thing. But they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll they're like siblings already fighting over their toys. <laughs> and they honestly, they look like each other the way they're bounding they, along they together. They do, don't Well, yeah. we're, oh, I don't know what's wrong with us, Naomi. We're getting another one. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, congratulations. We're also expecting a baby, but we're getting yes, a... <laughs> let's talk about the dog. <laughs> we're getting a puppy. We're getting another puppy because I don't know what's wrong with us, but... Um, yeah, the same. It'll be a, a half-sister or a half-brother to Frankie. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, we're thinking about doing the same because they're such social animals. And yeah. even though Jack's around us a lot, he gets really mournful if he's on his own. We, Audrey was talking to me because I did my uh, – I do a live show based on the book yeah. and uh, the kind of big happy ending of the show is that I found Audrey and because I found Audrey I found some a reason to mm. live and, you know, you know, that this person in my life is the one that gave me focus and hope that I, you know, a thing outside of myself to want to get better for. And we've amended the back end of the show because my brother who was in the audience uh, reminded me of, uh, of something that, you know, not everybody can have that. Nobody, not everybody has that access and you maybe you don't have time to to find someone in that space. But then I was I reminded myself, I got reminded by your colleague Glenn who runs Pet Barn. 
that just vast amounts of research on companion animals and health outcomes. Yeah. And that if you can't find someone to love or someone to love you or whatever, a goldfish will do. Yeah, yeah. Just something outside of yourself. It's like, oh, I can't. And something to care for. Exactly. So I've got to go and feed this fish. Mm. Yeah. For my so- daughter, she uh, could, couldn't have pets in her apartment and it was a plant, a jasmine plant that she nurtured and watched flower. And so it is about having something else to care for other than yourself. It, it is. Yeah. And it's such a simple thing mm. and it's really fascinating, particularly with dogs. I think dogs were – they're only one one of four species that can read human facial expressions. Oh, because we evolved together. Yeah, we evolved together over the last couple of thousand years, and so it's an extraordinary relationship. I wonder if uh, they can discern the difference when I'm frowning, whether it's just because I haven't got my glasses on, I can't focus, or whether I'm really <laughs> upset about something. I would say they can because humans can't. <laughs> I would say they can because Audrey Audrey tells me that. Because um, I often complain that Frank is, you know, being barky and being super agitated. And she's like, it's because you are. Yeah. He feels my energy. Yeah. I haven't said anything, but I just walk around with this kind of like the buzzing of a street transformer, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm up. And she goes, yeah, you walk in the door and suddenly Frank's running in circles. Also how they can feel our energy. Like I don't know why it is that as we pull into this, our street, he gets, he's been asleep on the back seat of the car. He gets up. He knows yeah. that we're there. And it must be something he's picking up from us because yeah. he's not looking out the window. You look absolutely fantastic. Do you feel good? You I'm look, feeling amazing. You look great. When yeah. did we see each other last? Was it About, December? No, it was just in November. It was three months ago. Wow. And I basically said, well, if he could do it, I could do it. <laughs> so, and I did. I took your medicine and said, I'm going to play this game. What game is that? So um, one is I really looked at what I was putting into my body and I was also looking at who I wanted to be for others. And, um, you know, each year it slipped by and another kilo was coming on. And before I knew it, I was a weight where my clothes weren't fitting anymore. And I have such an investment in red outfits. I didn't want to go and buy a whole new wardrobe. And then I looked at you and I go, oh, yeah, you bugger, you look fabulous. How does that work? And so I took on a lot of what you're saying that suited me because I do think it's very important that we listen to our own bodies and work out what's right for us. But I absolutely gave up gluten, no dairy, which I've never done before in the history of my life. I reduced sugar to just being whole sugars, you know, you know, fruit and so forth yeah. rather than I didn't manage to get rid of all alcohol. But I do find that the rosé spritzer goes a long way in looking <laughs> fabulous and looks like I'm having fun and walking, you know, the 10,000 steps and doing my yoga and meditation, but also just some fasting as well. And, yeah. Ten kilos in three months. Is it, that's extraordinary. That's an extraordinary yeah. result. Yeah. Do you feel that it's uh, you've created something sustainable? Um, I think so because I'm at the weight I want to be because I can fit all my clothes, which is fabulous, and I'm continuing on. What I've realised is that I was often eating because I was stressed at work or I had a lot going on, and so I just found that if I shifted my my um, association with food that it wasn't kind of part of my uh, feeling. You know, I'd start a diet on a Monday and by Monday lunchtime I was eating because I had too much going on in my life. So I just shifted my relationship with food and I think that's very, really important. And I was surprised how little food I actually really needed. Yeah? Yeah. And I would be a bit of a binge eater. Not terrible, but I'd come home and be a bit hungry and while I'm cooking dinner I eat a half a brie. Oh, goodbye. You know, or eat a handful of nuts, like a whole handful, not three. So that was, you know. They're quite calorie-dense foods. I remember, like, yeah. I I barely eat anything 
you know, I, I just eat vegetables. That's all I that's all I eat. I haven't eaten dairy in a in a very long time. But I do remember when I stopped dairy. I stopped dairy because I the first girlfriend I lived with when I was twenty one. She was lactose intolerant, so there was just no cheese in the house. So I just stopped eating cheese. It wasn't by choice. It just that's how it happened. But I remember it was quite a profound effect on my on my body back then. Did you notice anything? Oh yeah, and my sleep patterns have really really changed, and also just the eating earlier and not eating late is just made such a difference to my sleep. And I need my sleep. I'm not one of these people who can go without. Mm. If, I, if I don't get my sleep, you know, most people know the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, that's a wonderful luxury when I live a busy life, but to sleep deeply is really great. Tell me about the meditation practice. Well, I actually was introduced to it. It's called the Invisible Exercise, and I was introduced to it from some colleagues actually from Channel 10, Paul Eden. And um, I had been complaining of back pain, and it didn't matter what I'd done and cortisone injections and all sorts of things. Nothing had reduced it. And he said, oh, you need to do the Invisible Exercise. And off I went, and I I learned this practice, and... I have them on my iPhone and I just listen to them and it's actually partly meditation. In fact, I think it's more meditation than exercise because you lie in a position to line up all your muscles and then you use your breath um, to line them up and it's your your breath and so you hold your breath. And because I'm concentrating so deeply on counting my breaths and so forth, it's a meditation because there's no space for anything else. And so doing that 20 minutes a day has transformed my, my back, absolutely transformed it. Not only I sleep better, I look forward to it. And, and I, you know, I'm feeling like I'm 30. I know you, you think, oh, I thought you were 30, but no. <laughs> the youngest being 21, I'm clearly not 30. So, But I'm feeling all this energy. So the challenge for me in a busy life is to keep the ritual and to make sure it is a ritual that I do every day. And it's very easy for me to do it when I'm not working and when I'm away or when I'm writing or doing other sorts of work which don't require me going to an office. But I, I often get challenged by that and, and I, I wonder, it's the most fulfilling thing I do and yet why is it so easy to give it up? You know, if it was, if somebody said to me, you cannot live if you don't do this, like you can't live unless you have sleep, wouldn't you do it? So... That's the thing that I find fascinating is how your brain kind of says, oh, it'll be all right, it's only a day. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. So I, I have to really will myself to keep my ritual. It's not easy is all I'm saying. I guess we're, if to look at it in another way from, you know, how you look at what you do at work, you're in the business of business, but you're also in the business of assessing other businesses and whether we want to work with these people or we want to perhaps acquire these people. There are a number of rituals that every business has to do every day in order to function. And if they didn't, if they just made it up as it went along, if they got to midday and went, oh, fuck it, we won't you know, run the balance sheet today. Oh, that Excel, I'll take care of it tomorrow. You'd be like, there's no way I'm investing in you. You expect a certain amount of, of maintenance every single day all right, in your office, in your workplace, everyone you work with, why would we not do it with our own body? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're right. So logically, we all understand that. So what is it? <laughs> well, I so, guess you so just... all the knowledge in the world doesn't make the difference. Mm. It's, it's about, it is really, and what I found also just even to do with foods is, is if I look at something and I associate it with something bad, then it's very easy to give it up. Whereas if I still yearn for it, it makes it hard. So, you know, it's it, the mind is an incredibly powerful it muscle really is. 
That is very scary. And some some brains are scarier than others. They tell me that mine's a very scary place. <laughs> My mother does anyway. I, I guess the only the only thing I'd say around that is that we've we've spoken about, you know, you've made some fairly like quite significant changes in giving up entire food groups and stuff like that. It doesn't need to be like that. A really simple rule that is quite easy to follow is a five percent change every week. Wow. That's it. You know? Even actually I think four percent is the optimal stretch. Uh, that you can uh, you can actually uh, go to that your strength then catches up to that then you you know can then that's how you get the the strength growth response. So you know what's a five percent change you can do this week? It's pretty easy. Five percent's not a lot. Mm. If you're going to eat twenty pieces of pie, that means you just eat nineteen pieces of pie. All right, <laughs> and then, got it. And then next week it's five percent less, yeah, yeah. or five percent more. And then you just before you know it, within a week, within ten weeks. You're 50% on where you were. I think I think that's really powerful. But one thing that I noticed about myself is I don't necessarily have a consciousness of what I put in my mouth. Ah. So in other words, I think there was there had to be a shift for me about consciousness. Yeah. And that is to be aware, like, you know, if I was at one of these events, I didn't realise that I was having three of those little things as they were walking around on a tray. Or I didn't realise that I was having two glasses of wine while I was there, you know. So th- for, for me, the first step was just consciousness knowing what I was doing and being very aware of it because it just happens. And then you go, I, I eat healthily. And then you go, well, actually, did you? And for some people that's writing a diary. For me, it was just being really aware of saying, right, if I'm doing this, then have some association with the action yeah. of putting something in my mouth so that I knew what I was doing. I could, I could so relate to that. When I this Just about this time last year, I started on, I think, February 11th or February 10th last year, yeah. I uh, started that men's health transformation. Yeah, which is a thing. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nearly, yeah I started it nearly a year. So I was 86 kilos when I when I started it. And I kept a, di- a diary of absolutely everything I put into my mouth. Yeah. And I weighed everything to the gram. Wow. And I became quite obsessional about it. Now I'm on, kind of, I'm on a bit of a new mission now. I'm like, I'm going to be 45 in five weeks. I'm like, all right. What can I do? What can 45 look like? Yeah. But this time around, in the same way you're saying, I've found that as long as I'm just aware of what I'm eating and the general rule is eating is a, a mark of self-respect Yeah. and it's a mark of respect to the work that I'm doing and the mark of respect to the people I love, mm. all right? So if I'm going to, you know, neck five gluten-free donuts from the cafe down the street, they're only four dollars each. My goodness, <laughs> they're that big. We're in the. I'm in the wrong game. I should be baking Seriously? that stuff. Is that a mark of respect to my body? To you know the people I love? To it's not. Yeah. It's not. One once a week, fine. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And starting to see eating as a mark of self-respect and that I'm worthy of looking after what I eat. Is has changed a lot for me. Yeah, as a blanket rule. I think respect is a really interesting word because one person did ask me as a role model, which is what I am. Who are you for other people when they see you on the stage? And that's in every aspect of our lives. And you know, what's the point in working this hard if if you know I don't have my health? So um, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there. No, it's fine. You, Someone when you was kissing me. No, it's fine. <laughs> Oh, I said there's some jealousy going on. Frankie was giving a bit of a lick. And, yeah, and, and then Jack came up and licked me as well. <laughs> They're so cute, these so kids. So let me just get that straight. So you, when you're on stage, are you aware of what you are for others? Yes. And, I, I, and I'm very intentional about how I create that space and who I am and that I'm only there for them. How can I contribute? What is the one thing I want to leave them with that 
will touch, move, inspire them to greatness, that they could see something for themselves that they didn't see before. And I'm very intentional about creating what that looks like. So no matter what the content is, they're the sorts of questions I will ask the organiser. Is it that they want to be entertained? Is it that they want to be inspired? Is it that they want to learn something? But I want to really know what that takeaway is and then that's who I am for them. And I am merely a conduit from my learnings, understanding, storytelling to them. But if they get distracted in what that conduit looks like, which, as you know, is one of the reasons I started wearing red, because then it's just a uniform and people expect to see that and therefore they're not so conscious of, oh, oh, interesting outfit she chose today, you know, because we do automatically get distracted by those things, then then maybe they hear the words bigger than than. Looking. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And it's, it's interesting that I ride bicycles. Uh, there's people in my life, I mean, the CEO of our of, of Network 10 is just this extraordinary athlete. Yeah. It's incredible athlete, but he's not alone. He go, he will go out a few times a week and ride with this peloton of C-level executives who are, there's no secret that physical discipline and physical fitness equate workplace or business success, mm. is there? And academic success. True. I, I watched my son uh, join the rowing team and he wanted to row in the firsts and he had – he had to work really, really hard at that. But then he had to squeeze in his schoolwork. And the thing that they did at school was they said, if you don't complete your schoolwork on time, you'll never make the firsts. So it wasn't about academic success, but he did have to do his work. And he found, because his time was limited, he couldn't muck around anymore. So he just got to do it. And then he found that actually he could do it. And then it just became second nature to him. So because, And also he didn't want to let his team down. And that's also the thing. You know, if you make a commitment to others that you're going to ride with them, you're going to walk with them, you're going to do things, you don't want to let them down, which is back to the do you respect your own body. You you kind of let yourself down, but you don't want to let others down. So doing things together, I think, is really important. Uh, Absolutely. It's the old, you know, if you want to go surfing, tell a mate, I'll meet you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Yeah. Because that doona is so warm and cosy in the wind, you can hear it and you don't want to get in the wetsuit that's probably still wet from yesterday. But I promised Steve I'd meet him at Mm -hmm. 6. I've got to go. I'll let the mates down. I've got to go. Same with riding a bike, same with golf, same with anything. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have an accountability partner. Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really helpful. The last time we spoke in this podcast, it was around June, July 2015, we were in your previous office at Piermont, which is uh, near the casino in Sydney. You had a whole building, uh, bustling, bustling office, and I couldn't, ex- I couldn't believe, you know, there was this incredible thing that you'd built with all these people. 
And now you're across probably many floors on the 50th floor of some <laughs> colossal building in the centre of the city in the expensive coffee cart district of the CBD. Yes. <laughs> um, what happened? <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm really interested. Between there and now, the growth that you and your business have, that you have steered your business towards is extraordinary. It is. And you'll hear the full story of how she took her business to that incredible growth on Wednesday. Not only that, in the second part of our conversation on Wednesday, we do get stuck right into the nitty-gritty, the sticky issue of gender roles at the top end of town. And Naomi does not hold back. In the first season of Shark Tank, every single time somebody would walk in on set, Steve would jump in and... I would sit back like a good girl and wait for my turn to talk. And he would ask all the good questions. And then after about 10 days of shooting, I went to the producer and I said, you know, Steve's asking all the good questions and by the time it gets to my turn and blah, 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 blah. And he said, sweetie, this is TV. I'll edit it to make a good story. Just ask the same questions. (laughs) Ask whatever question you like. Sit up, speak up. So then someone would walk in and say, blah, 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 and he'd say, so tell us about your customers. And then about two seconds later, I'd say, tell me about your customers. And so then Steve's like, I just asked that question. Didn't you hear me? So he's getting so angry with me, thinking that I'm kind of mimicking him or something. No, no, I'm just giving the producer options. (laughs) And I'm speaking up, as I said I should for being a leader in our community rather than sitting back. It's a superb, robust conversation about what it is to be a woman at her elite level of business. It is not to be missed. You'll hear that on Wednesday. If you want to find out more about Naomi, between now and then, you can find her at naomisimson.com or on Instagram and Twitter, N-A-O-M-I-S-M-I-S-O-N. Naomi Simpson with no P, even though I keep pronouncing it with a P. I don't know how to pronounce it without a P. Simpson. Simpson. There we go. (laughs) She's an inspiring human being. I couldn't be more grateful to have her here on the show. We'd better get going. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to my show producer, Rachel Barrett, my audio producer, Andy Ma, Mike Mills, also known as Toehider online for all the music, and you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. I'll see you Wednesday. Until then, sleep well, dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.